into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is coast boys. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Best Coast Boys podcast. I know that you guys have probably forgotten what our voices sound like. John forgot what my voice sounded like. He wasn't even <laughs> sure that it was me when I called. Uh, I am Landon McCool. Uh, just in case you have forgotten, you can find me on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can always find me on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Moser. Come check us out. And I am joined, as always, by Dallas Morning News contributor John Owning. John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? Sorry we haven't been able to podcast lately. I've just been so busy looking up and trying to find all these Watchmen nuggets and Easter oh. eggs that it's just taking up all my time. Oh. You know, it's just too much stuff going on. Football had to take a back seat for a little bit, but we're back. Yeah, we're back. I mean, we, listen, <laughs> uh, let me just explain. But besides the bye week, uh, then I got sick uh, and just everything kind of went crazy for a little while yes and, and then watchman came out and then that that really just completely blew our, our world apart so we had to watch that maybe we need to do a, a nerd alert on watchman at some point i mean because honestly, oh, yeah. it was it is uh fantastic and um, now we got mandalorian going on, on Disney oh, Plus too. Dude, I, oh yeah I, I mean i'm 100 in on that as well so maybe you're right um <laughs> coming up today uh we are basically going to you know because it's been so long we are basically going to uh, be doing a, a kind of a mid-season review, if you will, of where we are with this team. Uh, and we've missed two game reviews. One game really good. One game uh, <laughs> not so good. Um, yeah. And and frankly, it, it, that kind of if that doesn't kind of tell the story of the of the season at this point, <laughs> I don't really know what does. I mean, it's been, so we're done here, right? Yeah, we're I think here? okay, we're all, all <laughs> so that's it. Um, first things first, let's get into a little bit of news. Okay. Um, we, we do have, uh, you know, a game on Sunday against a, what looks like to be extremely banged up, uh, Detroit lions team at this point, um, in Detroit, uh, but without, uh, Dallas native, uh, and, uh, Highland park, Scott, who's my, alma mater as well uh matthew stafford doesn't look like he's gonna make his way back to the game this this week so uh the cowboys kind of catch a break there um there may even be uh, uh, a few other players on that side of the uh, field including deshaun hand um, and a couple others who may not uh, end up playing as well um i i think you know for the cowboys this is a good week to be bouncing back from the vikings game i think you know that they, they have an opportunity here to uh to really kind of make some hay and, and and bounce back from what was an extremely disappointing game um but i guess let's take this into the larger conversation here john it, it you know starting from we'll, we'll do kind of a ten thousand foot view and then we'll move into the offense and defense but you know it just feels like again uh, uh, and this is, you know, the league is eight and eight to be sure, sure. Mm-hmm. but it, it just feels like, again, the Cowboys can't seem to get consistent footing. You know, when, when this team has been at its best in the past, they've been able to 
reel off a long series of wins, you know, usually a five or six game winning streak and, and really kind of get an edge and on, on the rest of the division or the conference. Um, you know, it feels like this team this season ha- is a step forward, a step back, two steps forward, two steps back. You know, it, it, it just, it, it seems to kind of keep resetting back to zero. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the last two games seem to kind of prove that. What are your thoughts on, I guess, where this team is overall? And, I mean, we're in week 11. How much do you feel like you can predict what's going to happen the rest of the season at this point? No, I can't, I've given up, like, trying to really predict what exactly is going to happen in these games. And, you know, the, the Cowboys just haven't been able to be inconsistent from week to week, and you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean... When they're in a division, they look like world beaters. Against the two games against the Giants, against the Redskins, against the Eagles, they look like a uh, Super Bowl contender. They look like a team that could that could contend with any team in the NFL. And then you go outside the division, and then they have clunkers against the teams like the freaking Jets. And they have frustrating lapses, like in games against the Vikings and Saints. You know, it's just you just don't know. There's there's a lack of consistency, not just with the team as a whole, but with a lot of their most valuable players. And I, it's just, there's so many different possibilities that could happen in this last six, five or six games that it could really go any, any, any way. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they wheeled off all these wins and went into the, went into the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they just did a bunch of clunkers and then missed the playoffs as well. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to the Lions this week, go beat the Patriots the week after that. Totally. This is just the kind of Cowboys team that we are dealing with this year. Yeah. I mean, and I also wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if they, any direction. I also wouldn't be surprised if suddenly they found consistency and they Mm -hmm. do, you know, like it's, that's the thing that I think has been maddening for a lot of people is that uh, it's just been, it, there's been a lot and and again if if there have been some things that have carried over like there does seem to be an issue with uh you know interior uh strength against the run you know on defense there Mm -hmm. does seem to Mm -hmm. be uh an issue with slow starts on offense or um you know inconsistent or or uh uh uneven play calling uh, at certain points of the game that's you know either fixes itself later and you know they operate like they have a no no they operate operate like a completely well-oiled machine suddenly after mm-hmm. not being able to like put their feet one foot in front of the other earlier in the game um it's just i think you know we've gone we're half we're past the halfway point of the season at this point uh and the fact that we can't accurately kind of predict performance at least in even individual or position group performance week to week uh is very frustrating mm-hmm. um let's start on the defensive side of the ball because to mm-hmm. me i think to me these are where the biggest issues lie yeah i and i and i think that this is where the most inconsistency is you know mm-hmm. i i think that when the with the offense a lot can be explained by the fact that at times they were missing key players in the off, uh, the offensive line, um, you know, and and I think that they've had some issues there here and there with with personnel that have really set them back at different points. On defense, you know, they haven't had the same kind of excuses. 
they've had a lot of the same players that they need to be out there in order to be as successful as they as they've been at different points. But it just feels mm-hmm. like they are getting very inconsistent play. Um specifically from the defensive tackle position it feels like and the mm-hmm. linebacker position. Yeah. Uh, and you know defensive tackle I think you know would you, you can make that excuse because you you had an idea that that might happen just because the of you weren't sure what you had exactly going into the season. But linebacker, yeah. I mean you 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 thought you had one of the best linebacker groups mm-hmm. in the NFL and to get this performance this uneven performance from those guys is is extremely frustrating. Talk to me about what you perceive as other issues. Talk about these issues and other issues you think that are causing inconsistency on the Dallas defense. Well, there's the touch on the big thing with the defensive tackles is I just think in terms of defending the run, they just their technique has been has been poor, you know, especially, you know, there's been a lot of talk in recent weeks to settle the Cowboys defensive line issues. And it's something that I kind of ascribe to as well until this upcoming week where something really crystallized in my brain. But Christian Cummington and Antoine Woods just don't play with their hands as consistently enough. They're not using their length to create separation so that they can play off blocks or so that they can occupy blocks or occupy their gaps. There's been so many times in the last, specifically the last uh, two or three weeks, where the Cowboys have had, one of the defensive tackles has technically been in their gap, but their run fit has been poor so that they haven't been able to come off the block or or stay thick in the gap enough that it, that it prevents the running back from running through that gap. Just because it's a gap, you have to fit into that gap correctly. And I think the run fits, especially from the defensive tackles, have been very, very poor in that situation. And then as far as the linebackers, I think that is – I think the defensive tackles are the group that are playing the worst, but I think the linebackers are certainly the group that are the most disappointing, for sure. I mean, we were talking coming into this season, how many talks did we have about the Cowboys having the best linebacker corps in the NFL? And I honestly don't think they've they've played anywhere close to that. No. Anywhere close to it. Extremely inconsistent from game to game. The most frustrating part is you see them do really unbelievable plays, especially like Jalen in coverage. You see him robotting to those deep crosses, which is so tough to do. And there's such a difficult thing to master and to be able to consistently pull off it. He does it all the time, but then he messes up on these simple things. He's not reading the flow of the running back correctly he's not fast flowing when the running back is fa- when the running back is not fast flowing he's doing all these little things incorrectly and that's putting him in a bad position to either take away the cutback for a running back or fill his gap or cross the face of an offensive tackle or defeat a block all those type of little things he's just not doing correctly and it Leighton Van Der Esch really is the same way too and a big thing that I think all the linebackers are having a problem with is they're not coming to balance at the tackle yes. point you see them coming out of control a lot that's not letting them adjust to when a running back tries to elude their move or change their path it's just you see Jalen Lott just flying by, landing one hand on these running backs, and it's because he's not breaking down. They're not doing the little things correctly. Yeah, and I think you know a little bit of that goes to the defensive tackles, and you talked about it too. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, being in the gap but not having a fit. I, I think there's so many times when we see defensive tackles near the running back and then not stopping the momentum of the running back or not making the tackle or getting just an arm on the the, the running back and not actually finishing the play or affecting mm-hmm. the play. And that's not mm-hmm. that's not good enough, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. especially in situations which we've seen where they're being blocked and then passed off 
and getting the, and then the offensive lineman is getting to the second level. So not only are mm-hmm. you not making the tackle at the line of scrimmage, but you're also allowing your man to get to the second level to go block another person. And that's yep. and that's what's happening on a lot of these huge plays. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I like that you brought up uh, bringing themselves to balance with the linebackers. I mean, I think you saw at least uh, not consecutive, but uh, you know, on the back on the back to back plays. Not consecutive snaps, but the yes. when they ran the, the two different uh, screen passes in a you yeah, know exactly one Leighton Vander Esch overran couldn't bring himself to tackle and two late uh, Jalen couldn't bring himself yeah to the him. one where Demarcus Lawrence had to chase it down from nine Ex- yards behind exactly and and I think <laughs> that's the kind of thing that it's like you know yeah you made ninety five percent of the play but the final five percent is. You know, makes all the difference. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it brings the value to the the, the first ninety five percent. It doesn't really matter to me how you know incredibly athletic it was that you were able to get out there if you can't make the tackle. So yeah, yeah I, I think th- those are the real have been the real issues, and and frankly, those have been issues that have gone back since the Colts game last season, the Rams mm-hmm. game. Th- th- this is something that the Cowboys have got to find a way to to fix you know because yeah. this is a decided weakness on this defense um, i got a question for you do you think it has to do with poor how how do you feel about the design of the defense around the personnel that they have that there it's obviously not the run defense specifically is not working is there anything that you would wish that they would change maybe a little bit i think the problem is that they are <sighs> They don't put because you they, know we. I, I just bring that up because we talk so much. The talking points on offense are so much about the coaching or putting their players in bad positions or they're not doing the correct thing to exacerbate the talent of the offense. But no one ever talks about the defense, and I was just wondering if you obviously, like I, I said, yeah, if you've seen anything. I think that there's something to the idea that what they are asking their defensive tackles to do is. How do I say this? Is more difficult than what they're willing to pay for that talent. I, yes. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, yep, I think yep. there's there's a level of difficulty in the job that, that that is required of the one technique and the three techniques in this defense that is higher than what the Cowboys have invested in the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that well, I, I couldn't say it better myself. That was... I, I, I think, I think they've tried, you know, the, they know, everyone knows that the three technique position is value valuable and that they, they, they will invest there. But the problem is, is that they haven't invested a ton there really. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even as much as they normally would. And then on top of that, they also are not investing at all at the one technique position. They're basically getting guys off the scrap heap. You know, Antoine Woods, because he performed better than we all thought, mm-hmm. is being viewed as good enough. And I don't know that he is yeah. good enough. Yeah. You know, Do you think a big reason they haven't invested in the three technique position before really last year with Tristan Hills because they thought David Irving was going to be that guy at the under tackle position? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I think so. Yeah. I, and I think, it, I think David Irving shows you what happens when you've got a guy who can dominate yeah. at you know on a snap-to-snap basis like like, mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I mean... Can I, you imagine what this defense would be right now oh if David Irving cared about football? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's It would... Ugh. Oh, this defensive line. Would date, uh, Michael Bennett? Yeah. Robert Quinn. Yeah, uh, it would be Tank it would be in- incredible, and that's and I think this is where 
the issue is, you know, they had a couple things fall through. And again, I, I think Malik Collins being as disappointing as he has been is problematic. You know, I do, I, I do want to say though, for as bad as he's been against the run, he has been one of the Cowboys' better pass rushers. I know, but the, the problem is, is that that's it's not enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like because yeah, it's definitely not enough. The truth, the truth of the matter is, is that we've got guys who can give you that kind of pass rush interior. Like, you know, if we needed a, a, a nickel pass rusher specialist, we'd use a defensive mm-hmm. end. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Michael Bennett mm-hmm. can do that job, man. Yeah. Like we need a guy who can play both ways, who can play mm-hmm. both the run that's and the point. pass. And, and like that, that's why you know his value as a pass rusher. Okay, great. Yeah. Nickel pass rusher. But, but dude, that's not what we needed you for. We needed you for the starting three technique who, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. need to be disruption t- against the run, yeah. penetration against the run, yeah, or at least not like wrecking the run scheme by being <laughs> by being pushed out of yeah. the gap, and so th- yeah, not that, getting reached every time yeah. would be nice. And that's that's really the issue is that you don't really have a guy. I mean, now you're trying to put one techniques over at your three technique spot uh, to mm-hmm. try to mitigate some of that, and you, you know, you're losing pass rush when you do that, and it's just you know, it's just it's become a a problem that is so sore that like it can't be ignored, you know, on the defense. I, I just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's extremely problematic. Um, we do need to talk about some of the other aspects of the defense. Yeah. I, I actually think that, you know, the back end of this defense hasn't been terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the front seven has, is where a lot of most of the issues have been. I think Byron Jones for the most part has had a pretty decent season. I think, Chido- yeah. I think Chidobe, Cheeto Bay, like, look, I mean, the problem with Cheeto Bay is that he he hasn't really developed more mm-hmm. than last season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. But I also think that he actually hasn't really improved that much from last season as as far as getting his head around and attacking the ball mm-hmm. when it's in the air. Like, that's still exactly. that's still a problem for him, and, and he hasn't really fixed that yet. So, yeah. Here's a fun game. Go back on Game Pass and look at every completion that Chidobe Awuzie has given up this season, and you will become much much less hard on the play yeah. that he's provided this year. A lot of it is sticky coverage and just fantastic catches, fantastic throws, and obviously, like you said, his issue of not turning his head around when he gets to the catch point and playing the ball. And playing the ball at the, really at the catch point. But if you're just talking about him from a coverage point of view, yeah. he provides coverage well 90%, 95% of the time. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing is that, you know, the guys that are making completions on him are good quarterbacks making great throws. Like, he's not mm-hmm. allowing a wide open. Like, that's the thing. I Look, I've been watching Game Pass long enough to I remember what a bad second cornerback yeah. looks like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When guys are running wide open and, and the cornerback mm-hmm. has no idea where – the, the receiver is that doesn't just doesn't happen as much with Cheeto Bay. So I, I think that, you know, the issue again is that he hasn't taken a step from the issue that the issues that he had last season, uh, which he needs to, but I, I still don't think, I still think he's a good second corner. You know, I think he's, he's been good. Uh, I think Jordan Lewis, uh, you know, is finally kind of taking his spot on in this defense mm-hmm. where he needs to be. Uh, I think he's played really well in, in increased snaps. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to. Uh, and I think you and I both agree quite uh, quite a bit that a lot of these issues on defense 
have overshadowed a very good season by Xavier Woods so far. Oh yes. And uh, oh, yes. I, you know, and like you, you, you were talking about it last night in the in in, in the DMs, and I, I woke up to it this morning with a smile because I, I totally agree. I, I, I when I watch the twenty two, the way Xavier's getting jumps on the ball, he's involving himself, he's creating plays, he's creating turnovers. Um, yeah, this is a guy whose arrow has never wavered. It's only been kind of at a steady incline, and he's continued to get better and better and better as he's played more football. Yeah, totally agree. He's been such an asset in coverage. He's covered up so many of the of of the mistakes that the Cowboys have made in coverage. He's been the guy there. To, he's been kind of an eraser for the Cowboys on yeah. the back end. I think it's a big reason why. I think I haven't looked this week, but. I, Last time I checked, the Cowboys ranked really well in explosive play against in the defense against the pass, and I think a big reason of that is because of Chidobe, not Chidobe, it was because of Xavier Woods. I think he's really coming to his own this year, and I think a reason why you don't see him get his hands on more balls is that teams are looking to attack in different areas of the field, and they're not allowing him to have a huge effect on a huge production effect on the game. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I think you know he he. His stats don't always tell the tale of what he's providing for this defense. Um, okay, anything else on the defense before we uh, pop over to the offense? Um, Michael Bennett has been a great addition to the Cowboys front, I think. I think yes. he's provided you exactly what you want. He's been disruptive in the run game, both on the front side and as, and as a backside pursuit defender. His unbelievable ability to, to sniff out bootlegs and rollouts is really uncanny. And, um, yeah, he's been a great pass rusher. He's been able to affect the pocket pressure. I think he's been everything that you want, and the only thing – that I wish is I wish the Cowboys had that second year with him, but I totally understand given his situation why they negotiated it down to just be a single year. But it's boy, it would be great to have him another year if possible. Yeah, and we'll I mean we'll see how that how that uh, develops as the rest of the season goes on. Um, on offense, um, let's start with the very good. Um, Did you know Amari Cooper is very good? Yes, Amari Cooper is a very good. <laughs> Uh, hey, you remember when people were like, "Oh, you shouldn't trade a first-round pick for Amari Cooper." Yeah, uh, it's not going to be, be worth it. Hey, remember which, when people which of these still, first-round receivers would that? you rather have? What'd you say? I said, "Which of those first-round receivers yeah. would you rather have last year? <laughs> which, or, or, or which receivers in the NFL would you rather have? Period." I'm sorry. How yeah, many receivers which, would you take which, over? Which Cooper? player at all in that draft <laughs> would you rather have than Amari Cooper? How about that? <laughs> That's mean, a good one, right there. Like, I could have the number one pick, and I'd still probably <laughs> take Amari Cooper at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Amari Cooper's been fantastic. When he's out there, he is a difference maker. Nobody can cover him. Uh, he's done things. Th- those. Three sideline catches were ridiculous. Gee, he but just remember, kept doing remember it, Landon, man. Remember, Mark can't catch. He has bad hands. Oh, my God. It was so crazy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Amari Cooper's been fantastic. I, I don't know that that was very surprising. And the, the, the most impressive thing is he's doing all of this incredible effectiveness, incredible production through a myriad of lower body injuries, which are supposed to be the death knell for receivers. Yeah. And he's totally destroying cornerbacks, like just (laughs) completely separate, like eight 
six, six to eight yards of separation. Like he's just, it's just ridiculous. Those blaze outs that he runs oh are the God, prettiest dude. routes I've seen. This oh my, he's and the thing is he's doing it against all pro competition. Xavier Howard, yeah. Yair Alexander, all these guys that have been prolific cornerbacks in the recent history. He's putting he's putting them on he's putting them on the on a goddamn highlight film. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So we'll we'll take our Amari Cooper, Kevin Clark. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> um, so here's the other thing. I I don't think that was surprising. What I do think was surprising is, and I'm 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 I've been and am a full have been a full believer. Uh, Dak's improvement between last season and this season is. Shocking, and mm-hmm. and and even for someone like me who has been saying all summer, hey, if he can make a jump like he did between his senior year and his rookie season, he can make a jump like uh, he can make that similar kind of jump again. I still didn't expect this kind of jump yeah. from him. You know, his play is, I mean, he's basically playing as well as any quarterback in the league when when he's when when it's turned on. Um, so I think from an offensive standpoint, simply because of those two things with Amari Cooper and Dak, I feel if properly utilized and in hitting on, you know, and that's been some issues at times, hitting on all cylinders, this offense can beat anybody mm-hmm. when they are not beating themselves. Yes. Uh, and so that's my 10,000 foot view is that, you know, Dak playing the way he is with Amari and this offensive line being able to pass block as well as it can. Um, I really feel like they, if they get, this is one of the first times in a while that I feel good about getting into a shootout with almost anybody really, Mm -hmm. you know, like when our offense is on now, (laughs) getting our offense to stay on has been an issue at times getting the turn on initially has been an issue at times. Um, I feel like, um, you know, it, I feel like the Cowboys suffers early, uh, suffering early on in, in the games is tied to Dak himself a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't really want to say that as much, but I think there have been times when, Dak has kind of had to work himself into the game, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, I'll take that for what I get in the the last three quarters of the game. Uh, But I think that, you know, it's something that needs to be baked into the expectations a little bit more um, and not just assume that it's, you know, a play calling issue. Um, which, you know, look, I, I think that we can, we will have, we can and we'll have a conversation about play calling as well. But I think that that has been part of the issue with the slow starts. John, what, talk to us about some of the, talk to us about the slow starts, first of all. Your thoughts on Dak overall, obviously. Uh, and what you think the Cowboys offense expectation level should be moving forward. I mean, I'm really just going to reiterate a lot of things that you said. I think this offense can, the ceiling is the sky. It could be, it could move the ball in any defense in the NFL, and it could put up 30 points on any defense if, like you said, it doesn't get out of its own way. It doesn't commit those those stupid turnovers, and it doesn't have that bad turnover luck that they've had. 
So, um, and as far as the, the slow starts have really been crippling because it's forced the Cowboys to play from behind. And as we have seen in the Cowboys games where they have dominated, that's the way that their team is built better is to play with the lead. So I think you'll see this team, if they're able to start faster and establish that lead, I really think that you'll see the, the Cowboys play at their best level at, at the last stretch of the uh, last stretch of the season. But as far as Dak himself, I've been so, so super impressed with everything that you said and his ability to throw with more anticipation. You're seeing him throwing it before receivers break out of the routes, which is not something that we saw really ever in previous years. So that's been a really, really thing, a really good uh, thing that has arise. But one thing that is that I, that I think he could still improve on is is counting the numbers pre-snap. You still see him make some mistakes in terms of RPOs and package plays with gives, giving it when they're uh, outmanned in the box and not throwing. I mean, there was one really egregious example in the previous game where the Cowboys were running an RPO with a bubble screen and a uh, handoff to Zeke. And when he was handing off to Zeke, there was a the defense had a plus one in the box. And if he would have counted that, pre, and pre-snap it was plus one in the box. And then if he would have counted out when he motioned Tony Pollard out to the uh, to the outside for the bubble screen it was a three on two situation and that they could have created a nice big play there and those are the kind of little situations i think dak prescott can still improve but that doesn't take away from the giant leap that he's brought this season and how he's really jumped into that new tier of quarterback that's not quite elite but he's still a very very good quarterback in the nfl and he's playing and he can play at an elite level for sustained stretches yeah, and a lot of that, you know, that step from very good to elite is is the difference between how the play of the guys up front uh, is, and and I think that has been kind of a key point for this offense at times is the health of the offensive tackles specifically, and now you know Connor Williams says he's got an injury that may keep him out for a week or two or maybe beyond. Um, I think that with the offensive line, when they're healthy, when they're blocking, this offense in general is basically unstoppable. Um, and I think when this, when defenses are able to attack blocking schemes, uh, mm-hmm. prevent the, the the Cowboys from remaining two dimensional. Um, I think that that is when. Uh, there has been disaster and 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 specifically when that is combined with someone like cooper being out and now you can't attack the defense the way you need to to back them off from the blitzing uh i think that when this team has its blocking and at least either Gallup or cooper on the field uh they're very hard to beat they're very very Mm -hmm. difficult to beat um i think we would be remiss not to talk about the offensive line and the review of, of how they've played so far if we didn't talk about the enormous step forward that Leo Collins has made this season. Um, I think, you know, you, we've talked about it, and I think you mentioned it. He's playing, mentioning that he's playing like one of the best right tackles in football. I would go even a step further to say that he's playing like one of the best tackles in football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been absolutely outstanding, and, and yep. whether he's been injured or healthy, uh, his his play has been so much higher than it's ever been at any other point in his career. I'm really proud of where he's gotten. Um, talk to me about the individual players. Anyone else that you want to mention? I know you want to talk about Lale because you've always been a big fan. 
but talk to us about some of the offensive line play uh, and specifically Lyle Collins. Yeah, quickly on Lyle Collins, it's just been like he's finally really broke out of his shell and become the butterfly that me and you have said that he was trending toward becoming the last two seasons. I think the change in the offensive line coach really, really hindered his progress from becoming here, kind of delayed it a year. But now here we are. We see him with really an incredible repertoire of hand technique. He's using that bait, that flash technique incredibly well, and it goes incredibly well with his just inherent strength in his hands. You see him really jolt defenders on contact. He's been... I have not seen an offensive lineman in the NFL who is as effective as on as the down block on double teams as he is with Zach Martin. He creates some incredible movement with his down blocks on double teams. So it's just been incredible to see him play at such a high level. And he's honestly played at a higher level this season than Tyron Smith is through all the Tyron Smith injuries that he's had to deal with. But another guy who has played at really a an elite level for his position is Zach Martin. You know, we can copy and paste this every single season. He's the most consistent offensive lineman in for the Cowboys. And according to some of the offensive line gurus, he's the most consistent offensive lineman in the, in, in the entire NFL. He just can, he rarely ever makes a mistake. He's strong. He holds his, he, he sets the depth of the pocket. Well, he creates movement in the run game. He can, he's effective on pools. He's effective in pass protection. He's effective climbing to the second level, reach blocks, base blocks, anything that you need an offensive lineman to do. Zach Martin can do it. He is so good at the, that when the Cowboys were thinking instead they use Brandon Knight, I would have even considered maybe even moving Zach Martin to tackle. I think that he could survive there if need be he's just that talented and it's just another really fantastic year for him and then i just really quickly want to touch on travis frederick he's coming back i just wrote an article for him for the dallas morning news make sure you guys go read that um but i think you we should be really encouraged by his play we're continuing to see him improve week by week and he's making those he's flashing that all pro caliber technique on uh, a semi-consistent basis we just need that to become more consistent and when that does i think you're going to see the cowboys offensive line really take another step forward yeah uh i and agree. pray for us with xavier suafila yeah i mean i <laughs> i was just talking about that the the, the the number of people that still line up because they want to see xavier suafilo is shocking um, baffling i feel attacked yeah i've been doing my best to tell these people but no one's listening um, I I want to finish up with the wide receivers and tight ends and running backs, the, the skill players. Um, I think for the most part, we've seen uh, Jason Witten at tight end at about a, a 85, what do you think, eight, 80 to 85% snap-wise. I mean, he's taking – the majority, but not quite the same majority as he has in the past of the tight end snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarwin's being mixed in as a role player, and he's had a couple of big plays already. Um, and, and I think, you know, I'd like to see Jarwin a little bit more, but I also like to see Jarwin convert a little bit more, too, when he gets out there. He's been mm-hmm. better these last few weeks than he had, was earlier in the season. Um I think uh, we've seen Schultz kind of take a step as a blocker, which is nice. We haven't seen him out in the field as much lately, but I, when he's out there, he's been blocking well, which I, I think is important because we needed one good backup yeah. tight end blocker. Um, at wide receiver, I think you know Gallup started red hot, 
got hurt and kind of tailed off a little bit, but he's still providing the big plays you need every once in a while. He settled into that Z roll. Uh, Cobb has, has got the worst run of luck I've ever seen a wide receiver have. I mean, he's had like four touchdowns called back. I mean, over 150 total yards or something like that of called back on penalties, not necessarily called on him. Um, but I think he's been effective. And then you kind of have just an interesting mix of guys uh, as role players underneath him. Um, talk to me about the, the wide receivers and the tight ends, and then we'll talk about Zeke after that. Yeah, you know, um, it really amazes me how slow Jason Witten is. It really, <laughs> it's really amazing that he can move so slowly but still somehow make forward progress with each step. But the thing, the, the irritating thing to me, though, with everybody calling for Blake Jarwin to start is that he makes so many mistakes throughout a game, yeah, not just blocking, but route-wise. Yeah. How many... Go go watch every route Jarwin runs, and you will see at least two or three every game where he runs a route where he shouldn't be. You can see him ending up in the area of another wide receiver, and, it's, and he's kind of like, oh, oops. And he's kind of like sitting, and then he trying to kind of tries like to shuffle away from the area to make it seem like he's not really in the wrong area. And then as we've talked about for years, he misses blocks as yeah. well. So I don't, just don't think you can rely on him to be a your play in and play out tight end. What I do think they can do is I do think they can do a better uh, job of using him when he is on the field to his strengths, not trying to typecast him into the tight end two role and more use him with those downfield seam threats and not try to, you know, like I said, typecast him into the role of the tight end two that they need. But, and then moving on to the wide receivers, I think Randall Cobb is the most snake bitten receiver in the NFL with penalties. I mean, he's had, I, I counted it up uh, two weeks ago, and it was like 300 or something yards he's had snaked from penalties because of his because of holding calls, blocks in the backs, hands to the face penalties, all these myriad of things. So I think his season would look a lot better box score production-wise if you give him the, the production that he actually earned. And, yeah, like you said with Gallup, I totally agree with everything you said. It was a really hot start. He's kind of come back to – back to earth lately but one thing that really impresses me with about him is his strength as after the catch he runs through arm tackles so and he's becoming a really 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 big uh yards after catch there every time he touches the ball and i think that's a great addition to this offense yeah i agree um i i think that you know it, it's been an unfortunate run for for cobb uh he's, he's he had a couple of plays that actually showed up well finally but yeah, I, man, has it gotten over three hundred? Like, I, yeah, I, it was. I think, I think I checked it. Either, it was either last week or the week before there, and it was at like three hundred. Wow, that's that's totally nuts. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, hopefully that uh, will kind of turn around a little bit more um, for him, and and actually get some of those yards in, in the second half of this season for sure. Um, and then finally, Zeke. You know, I think. I think Zeke has played well for the most part. Um, I, I think that the issues that he's had, you know, specifically last week, were more offensive line based um, than you know necessarily choosing incorrect holds. I think he did struggle earlier to kind of get in sync with the blocking early in the season, um, but I think once he did, like he was showing kind of that that ability that he has to see the the full 
complement of holes that are in front of him and, and be able to choose the correct one and get, get up field and, and fall forward. Um, I just think that the issue has been, you know, they, they, they seem to have made a commitment to wanting to run the ball in first down um, where they're, they're really being more forward thinking is throwing the ball more on second down. Um, I think that they, they still need to take another step towards passing the ball earlier on downs. Um, I, I, but I don't want, I don't think that they necessarily need to move away from running the football. I just think that, you know, they, they, they need to find a way to mix things up even further. Um, and, 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 you know, look, I don't want to abandon the run game because I think the run game has value out despite what some may say. Um, mm-hmm. I just think I, I do agree that it can be done more strategically. And, and, and I think the play sequencing can um, improve in, in certain aspects for sure. Um, and I think that they need to do something about finding a way to work around teams that are intentionally trying to mess with their box counts, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, spinning uh, a safety down at the last second. I, I think clearly th- they've had problems with getting their counts, right. Getting all the offensive linemen on, on the same page with the counts. Once the, 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 the safety enters the box, the last minute, um, if that's really going to take a wrecking ball to your scheme so bad that you need to scrap it. Like seriously, mm-hmm. like they've figured that out, that that's messing with your account. That's messing with your alignment. And just so people, for people that may not understand the counts matter to the offensive lineman because it dictates where they're going when the snap goes, exactly. it, it, it dictates where they are fitting in the blocking scheme, depending on where the snap count and not even just the snap count, uh, the box count, um, in the, 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 you know, the tackle box, it, it's, it's also about what, what the count is on either side of the center play side versus backside. So all these things affect on uh, how the blocking scheme gets rolled out in play. And because it's one of those things that is changing at the very last minute before the snap count, every, everyone in that offensive line is having to do the calculus on, okay, wait, what does this guy coming down to the box change on my angle coming out right as the ball is is, is being snapped? So it, it, it makes it difficult. They need to fit, find out a way to kind of either work around that or scratch that as a means of figuring out what where their blocks are. Do you agree? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, otherwise, I think, you know, like we said before, I, I, I haven't given up hope on this team. I feel like some people probably have. Um, but uh, I, 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 this team could go either way, uh, honestly, and, and I mean that in the best and the worst ways. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it, you know we just got to hold on with both hands and see how they go. I think if they want to do something in, in the playoffs, they're going to need to find a way to re- reel off a couple wins in a row um, because I, I think they need to prove to themselves that they can do that before having to, you know, to make it anywhere in the in the playoffs, you have to win several games in a row. So they need to prove to themselves that they can do that um, before they uh, are attempting to try to do that in the playoff playoff situation. So, uh, any final thoughts, John? Uh, no, sir. I 
hoping for the best because the more the Cowboys win, the more that the fans click on articles, and we need the fans to click on articles. <laughs> Make sure you guys are clicking on all of John's articles. That's the important thing, guys. Uh, and, and, and make sure you're checking out all my bank account is the most important that's situation the most, in this that's entire the most thing, important thing. <laughs> uh, but guys make sure you're following us on twitter at McCoolBCB at John Owning at Best Coast Boys with a Z at the end it says S special thanks as always to Mike Fisher who is at Fish Sports and catch us all on Cowboys Maven that's mavensports.io forward slash Cowboys you can also hear us on all podcast apps for your iOS iPhone and Google Play Android and until next time, folks, happy trails, everybody.